Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Deal Board. And yes, we have a great episode for you today. We are going to talk about why it's such a great time to sell right now in 2021. It is a, a market like we haven't seen before. And Jessica and I are going to go through some reasons of why we think it's such a good time. And then we're going to check in with Peter Lehrman, CEO of Axial, which is an M&A uh, portal that helps buyers and sellers sell. And they're great partners of ours. We put all of our large deals on Axial and we get a lot of action from it. And he has his pulse on the M&A market. Uh, Jessica, it is a great time to sell, right? It is a great time to sell. And it's funny because, you know, we get asked this question a lot. It's like, when is the best time to sell my business? And normally we'll be, we'll hem and haul and be like, well, you know, it's really hard to time the market, right? But here we are sitting today and we're saying, this is one of the best markets to sell your business in that we've seen, right? So let's dive into a few of the reasons we put together. We've got 10 reasons why now is the time to strike and why the marketplace is hot. So our first reason is inventory is low, right? Inventory is really low, historically low. I, I, you know, almost 40% low here in Florida, uh, 30 to 40% less listings out on the marketplace. You're seeing similar things out there in the real estate market. Uh, it's just like everything is having inventory problems. Yeah. And similar to inventory problems in real estate, that's a really good analogy is because we are seeing a lot of buyers in the marketplace and with inventory low, there's less competition for your business. So, you know, I always use the example, if, you know, we're selling one or two liquor stores on the market, then those liquor stores are going to have a lot of activity and buyers. But if there's 15, that kind of that activity gets split all across. So inventory being low, it behooves sellers right now that are on the market. Yeah, if your business is making money, it is time to go because there's just a lack of inventory because it's being bought up so quickly. So therefore, uh, we need inventory. So if you want to sell, it, it that's first good reason. Second reason is because there's less inventory, valuations are creeping up. Yeah, and we're seeing valuations depending on, you know, several areas of the country, we're seeing them up between 25 to almost 100%. Um, and it, that's really good for sellers, right? Because that means more money in your deal and more cash in your pocket. Yeah, and I, I, I have said that multiples weren't creeping up, but I think they are. I think multiples, I mean, it's just price. It's just prices are being pushed up. We're hearing reports of businesses being uh, bought for 
you know, three, $400,000 over list price. So valuations are high right now. So what's the next and, reason? And the next reason actually ties into that was what's another reason valuations are high is because interest rates are low. So banks are still lending. There's still plenty of money on the streets. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Um, Peter talks about this in his interview. There's so much money searching for deals and interest rates are low, meaning that buyers can afford more. Yeah, the banks are going to lend more because the debt service won't be as high and interest rate rates being low. Uh, right now, there's basically a consensus that they are going to creep up. There was a, a meeting at the Fed that they said, yes, interest rates are going up. They wouldn't say when or by how much, but we're seeing that rate uh, starting to creep up out there in the world. And with inflation, I think that's going to happen. Yeah. So our next reason is also related to money. What is the other reason to go now or to sell now? There's just tons of money out on the street. There's just money is abundant. And I think that's for a few reasons, right? I think the CARES Act dumped a ton of money into the business marketplace, which was a good thing. We, we all agree that after 2008, 2009, they realized, hey, bailing out the economy works. So they were pretty quick, but this time they got a little bit smarter and said, let's get it into the small business hands. So PPP did a good job of that. Yeah, PPP, there was other programs. I mean, we still have uh, leftovers from the CARES Act where we're seeing some of the fees on the SBA loans are still being waived. Some of the payments are being covered by the government. There's still, there's still more money on the street for the small business owners that want to take advantage of it. And, and like we said, there's just, there's so many buyers that are flush with cash, whether that's individual buyers, other small businesses growing through acquisition, private equity, there's a lot of money um, chasing a few amount of deals back to that inventory is low. Yeah. And even the banks are still propping up the SBA. They're giving away three months free right now till September 30th, which is going to end very soon. Uh, because if you want to get an SBO, SBA loan, you have to almost start today. So it's going to end pretty good. But the SBA uh, is, they rolled out a $100 million grant program to help the secondary market. So these banks, if they're lending the money, can sell it on the secondary market. Oh, good stuff. So what's so, our next, next one? Well, the other reason why it's a great time to sell is because it's not always going to be a great time to sell because sellers are starting to come to the marketplace the baby boomers got to come. The numbers are out there and they're going to come. Yeah. And we, I mean, this is another one of our favorite topics. We talk about the baby boomers and seller tsunami a lot. And we were actually, we were starting to see that trend really pick up in 2019. And last year we saw a pause, right? We saw people take a step back and focus on their businesses and, and maybe not, um, maybe delay retirement a little bit, but that's only going to last for so long. And we, we know that there's a large percentage of this demographic that owns businesses. So, you know, while we know the inventory is low right now, we also know that there's a contingent of baby boomer boomer owners that are holding out, trying to get 2021 to recover, and then we'll re-enter the market space coming up. And they already have. And we think, we think looking at our numbers that the bottom may have been 2020 third quarter, fourth quarter, where it kind of bottomed out. And now the listings are starting to come back. So uh, it is time absolutely to jump in now. And there's other big reasons why you might want to sell this year. 
Uh, I'm not sure that it's going to be valid because they might make it retroactive. They usually don't do that, but we think that taxes are going up. Yeah. I mean, the government's been on a spending spree. We just talked about how there was funds that helped small business and helped us all recover. But I mean, there's been so much money spent and we know that, I mean, we know taxes are going up somehow. We don't, we're still sitting here in June. We don't know exactly what the plan is. We don't know what capital gains is going to be affected, but we know, I think all of us know in our bottom of our hearts that they're going up um, somehow. So if you can get in and sell your business before those tax increases take effect, it means more cash at the closing table for you as a seller. Yeah. And we're going to do a, a show just on capital gains and ways to kind of plan for them and perhaps avoid them. There are strategies. Uh, a lot of people don't use them because they want to cash now and capital gains historically around 20% over the last few years uh, has been not that, you know, it hasn't created the will to do a, a, a strategy that where they have to put aside money that they get out of closing. But if they go up to 40%. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be pretty significant. So get in now. Yes. They're talking about retroactive. Will that happen? Maybe, maybe not, but you know, it's better to start now and, and hope it doesn't. So moving on to our next reason, more business disruption is on the way. Yeah, I mean, we have seen industries be completely disrupted and seeing small businesses go out of business. And, and you could point to the transportation, the taxi business. We used to sell medallions. We used to sell taxi uh, routes we, we, uh, that people would have these uh, small taxi limo services completely just basically gone. And so you're, that's going to happen more. We're going to see several industries permanently changed. Yeah. And it would be better to not wait for your industry to change and be able to sell now instead of saying like, Hey, I wish I would have sold back then. Unless like you have it in you to be that industry disruptor or go with the industry change, which you're probably not thinking about selling if that's the case, but it is coming. It's coming to most industries, not all, but you know, like we, we've talked about before, I don't think taxi drivers ever thought that they would be replaced, right? No, no. And I just got a phone call from someone who has a publication, a magazine, and they said, I should have sold because we brought them a multi-million dollar offer a few years ago. And they said, I should have went then. And it's like, yes, you should have. So mm -hmm. that is certainly a big reason for you to, to think about selling right now. So the other thing that may happen and we think is going to happen in a lot of businesses is there's going to be like this crunch on inflationary pressures on supplies. So you're going to have lower profits. Employees need more money. We, we already see a shortage of employee, employees, which is, we'll talk about in a second, but stimulus dollars are going to dry up and base, guess what? You're going to have to go out there and make money again. Yeah. And we've seen the reports roll in over the last few weeks that we are in an inflationary period and it's just a matter of time where the profits go down. And we've talked about it on the show, profits go down, it affects your seller's discretionary earnings or EBITDA, which directly affects your sale price. So by multiple. Yeah, by multiple. So while your profits are up, you know, especially if you did well through the pandemic, now's the time. Yeah, it's time to go. Yeah. What's the next reason? I kind of hinted at it. You hinted at it, but this is a big one. Like I, I know we've hear this from our colleagues that own small businesses and our clients is hiring opportunities and they are really scarce and tough right now. 
Yeah, it's really hard to hire people. In the hospitality uh, industry, they're going nuts right now. In the tourism industry, at hotels, uh, you see management, everybody pitching in and trying to uh, do housekeeping and uh, run restaurants. It's it's really tough. And I think that's a, I think it might uh, come back a little bit once these kids get back in school full time. I mean, I think a lot of people who work in the restaurant industry have issues with childcare, but uh, you know, I think it's going to continue to be short staffed for a little while. Yeah. And this is something that's starting to affect all industries. You know, I was with some entrepreneurs the other evening and and they're they're in the recruiting space and it's starting to affect, you know, white collar jobs and six figure jobs. And it's just very competitive out there, which is also going to increase the price of labor, which then reduces your bottom line, which kind of takes us back to the point before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, one of the, I don't know if it's the last reason, it's this, yeah. it is, well, it's sort of the last reason. We have a half reason after that, but they, one of the last reasons is, haven't you seen enough? I mean, we've been through, I, I've been through, I've been here 20 something years. I've been through, you know, 9-11 and the dot-com bubble. I've been through the housing crisis, economic recession, uh, the great uh, recession. And now we've been through the coronavirus scare. Isn't it time to go? It's it's time to go. And look, we're not talking to people that maybe just started their business and are still in love with it and still love running it. We're talking to listeners that have been thinking about retiring or they haven't been happy with their business. Like we said at the top of this podcast, we get asked a lot of times, like, when is the right time to sell? And we, we usually don't answer that question because we don't know when, but we know it is now. So, you know, it, it's time to go. There's going to be something else that happens. There always is. And it's not just like a mental thing, right? It, it's going to affect the business profitability, all the reasons that we already went over. Yeah, we had we had some people call us right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I, I can think of a sign company that called us and said, we're done. We have enough money. We're not reopening. We don't want to fight this. We fought it in 2009, 2010. We don't want to try to recover. Just sell whatever we have. So we sold it and uh, sold it to a great entrepreneur. Uh, he's working it right now. And then uh, we had another commercial. It was a commercial uh, design business that went in and 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 framing and uh, commercial design for hospitals and construction and you know mostly doing a lot of restaurant build outs and stuff and they're like we're not waiting for this we're done so yeah. they they got out yeah and then there's the flip side we had we actually had a chain of gyms that came to us February 2020 and they wanted to retire and we, you know we did the valuation they're like you know what i think we're just going to hang on for another year see if we can get a little more money and i think we all know what happened to gyms over the last 18 months right so now what they have to do is they have to hold on really for another cycle get their business back up and that that's what can happen um so if your numbers look great now you're ready to sell like you said andy if you have a profitable business there's so many good reasons to sell but our last half reason is probably the best yeah, I mean, life's short, right? If you're miserable, as you were talking about, Jessica, if you're not happy, if you're not doing what you want to do and you're in your 60s, you know, what are you waiting for? I mean, life is short. And, you know, we promise you at Transworld, if we sell your business and you need another one, we'll get you another one. <laughs> We have those two. Yeah. And we're never here to convince you to sell, but if, if you've been thinking about it and you're wondering when the time is right, like we said, the time is right now. Don't wait. 
Yeah, so a- we've got a great interview with Peter, who's got some great insight in the M&A market. We, as always, we've got a deal of the week and a listing of the week to cover this week. It's going to be a really good show, but we hope you've taken some information out of this and just some food for thought. It's a, it's a great episode just to think about selling. We hadn't talked about selling in a little while, so I'm glad we covered it. And Peter talks about the M&A market and about how Transworld is a major part of that M&A market right now. So uh, tune in and enjoy. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Deal Board. And we have a great guest with us, one of our partners, Peter Lehrman from Axial. And Axial is an online platform trusted by not only Transworld, but by thousands of business owners and advisors. Uh, they're in the M&A world. Um, Peter started uh, Axial. He's the founder He's got an interesting story that he's about to tell you. Uh, but, you know, we do a lot of business with Axial. We appreciate their partnership. Uh, and uh, we wanted to have Peter on to talk about not only the M&A activity that we do together, but I, I do want to eventually talk about what the marketplace, we were talking a little bit before the podcast about what an incredible marketplace this is right now. And so we'll talk about that. But first, Peter, welcome. And why don't you give us a little bit of the backstory? Yeah, thank you so much, Andy, for having me on. Um, we appreciate the partnership with you too. And I'm super happy to be here. So thanks thanks for the invitation. Um, my background very quickly, uh, I started Axial 11 years ago. Um, uh, the, the business is focused on building a platform on the internet that business owners and their M&A advisors can trust um, as a place uh, by which to confidentially sell a business. Um, it's a set of software tools and software uh, data sets that can make it easier for a business owner and their advisor to find a buyer, to interact with that buyer, to manage the process confidentially, to get deals uh, and NDAs executed, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of stuff that goes into getting deals across the finish line. It's a long process, and we've been building software for 11 years to try and make that process safer and more efficient for both brokers and for the business owners who they serve. So it's in that context that uh, I got to know Andy and got to spend some time with some of the producers from the Transworld organization. Um, 
prior to starting Axial, uh, I spent some time as an investor in small businesses. Um, and that was where I saw firsthand how hard it is as an investor to find good small businesses, uh, to understand uh, their true financial performance and all the things that make it challenging as a buyer of small businesses um, was part of the reason that I started Axial. Um, and before that, I had been part of another operating company. Um, and when I was uh, at that company, I saw how hard it was sometimes to find great partners, find great capital partners, um, and how fragmented that universe is. So I sort of had two chapters prior to Axial, one inside a growing company uh, that was uh, struggling to find great capital partners to develop the business. My second chapter was on the other side of the table as an investor. Um, and I realized that there were a lot of opportunities to make things better, both for the buyer and for the seller. Like lots of other entrepreneurs out there, I was kind of scratching my own itch with uh, the creation of Axial. Um, and, and that's that's about 20 years of career uh, in uh, about 90 seconds. So. There you go. So that, that was that's a great story. And you have been doing a great job. I, I want to thank you for that. Uh, buying and selling a business uh, is not hard. Certainly the buy side seems a little bit tougher these days. Uh, we're coming out of the COVID crisis. We were talking about that before we started the, the interview. And it's pretty much an incredible market. Why don't you give us a little bit of what you're seeing out there uh, on kind of both sides of the aisle? I, I, I think uh, anecdotally, it's hard to find good deals right now, right? Yeah, that, that's, I think the, the headlines for the right now, the moment we're in right now is there is far more uh, pent up appetite to buy businesses than there are uh, assets that are in a condition um, and in a position where they're, they're ready to transact. So if you just wind the clock back 14 months from now, you can kind of understand what's creating the present set of circumstances. Every year, corporations and private equity firms, which are the two sort of biggest categories of buyers of small and medium-sized businesses, every year, those two buyers of businesses have to buy businesses in order for their business models to work. If you're a corporation and your core business is growing slowly or not growing at all, one of the strategies is to make acquisitions. If you can't make acquisitions because the world is melting down and everybody is stuck inside their house and you can't get on an airplane to go and do due diligence, then your revenue model for your corporation is broken, right? You can't grow the business because you can't make acquisitions and acquisitions are a core lever of growth. So there's a huge amount of corporate demand to buy businesses uh, as a means of growing the top line and the bottom line. And then in the private equity world, to sort of oversimplify things, private equity firms raise capital either on a pooled basis or on a deal by deal basis. And they, as, as businesses themselves, only make money when they buy businesses and then sell those businesses. Um, they make a little bit of money along the way and monitoring fees and stuff like that. But the real, the real business model is about raising capital, deploying capital, and then, and then selling those businesses. So if you can't buy businesses from basically March until September of last year, and then all of a sudden, you know, vaccines emerge and you're just taking basically all of the demand from, you know, three quarters of 2020, and you're putting all of that demand in catch-up mode in 2021. And then on top of that, you know, you create a new president, a new administration, 
uh, a pending new tax regime. And you just, you kind of have the conditions for just, you know, all out, uh, all out craziness um, in terms of desire to do deals, in terms of capital available to do deals, in terms of entrepreneurs who are anxious about a new tax regime and how that might impact their long-term net worth. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very busy and, um, and a very sort of chaotic and busy time in a lot of ways for a lot of people right now. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. That's absolutely a great look at the current situation right now. So let's talk about maybe trends. I mean, are some more sell? I mean, we're starting to see the sellers kind of defrost or maybe the, as you described it, the assets getting in a place where they're sellable. Uh, people are starting to ignore 2020 revenues and earnings. Looking back at 19, looking at 2021 to see how to value these businesses again you know what are you seeing well i think you know one of the things that's creating a lot of constraint of supply of opportunities in the market is of course in any given year there's just only so many owners of businesses who want to sell right a lot of them want to continue growing they want to continue running the business they haven't you know so there's always only a percentage of the market's businesses that are in any given year you know sort of typically planning to to sell and then this year i think now that we have 50% of the american population vaccinated we're at full capacity in certain states and and lots and lots of CDC guidance about masks and, you know, the absence of need for masks. It's just there's real there's real economic activity. And I think some of the potential sellers, it's not that they. Uh, part of the supply concern, I guess, Andy, is that some of the sellers probably have better businesses today than they had 12 months ago for, for one of a couple of reasons. One, they maybe took the opportunity of COVID to um, reduce expenses, to minimize, you know, real estate, you know, utilization uh, costs, to just improve the way they ran the business. Maybe they made some reductions in force that they needed to make a long time ago. Just they took the opportunity of COVID to change the cost structure of their business and improve profitability because. Last year at this time, everybody was terrified and cutting costs left and right. So it was a good time to cut costs out of the business that maybe you'd been delaying on. And then now that the world is sort of opening back up, people are experiencing a lot of demand across a lot of categories. I think there's a lot of business owners that, again, are curious to sell their business, but I'm not sure that they and the buyers are seeing eye to eye on, on, on valuation, right? Some of these businesses may have experienced big spurts of demand. Maybe the business owners think the demand is more sustainable. Maybe the buyers think the demand is more, you know, one time and more cyclical. And so that creates this spread between the bid and the ask, and that just reduces the, you know, the number of deals that can happen. So um, yeah, there's so much appetite to do deals, but there's also a limited amount of supply because <clears throat> I think a lot of business owners are saying, well, hold on a second here. Like, I might have a much better business today than I had 14 months ago. And I want to make sure that if I'm going to sell, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, that I'm getting paid for that better business that I've developed. Um, and the buyers are reticent to pay an elevated multiple because, you know, it's a brave new world and it's only been around for a few quarters and, you know, they don't want to overpay. So that just makes 
that just throws even more sand in the gears um, and, and, and creates uh, scarcity in terms of sellable businesses. So, okay, so that's kind of current situation again. What do you think moving forward? I mean, what do you see down the road? I mean, if they're going to change the tax basis, does that kind of shake some people out of the tree? Uh, trees is if inflation continues to be pressure, uh, could that make money more expensive? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the, you know, so I've only been talking about the things that are sort of pulling supply out of the market or crimping supply. I think the things that are pushing up supply are, are there too. So one thing is certainly tax uncertainty, right? I mean, there's potentially a very significant change in tax regime, um, which will get formalized in the fall of this year. And so if you want to take that uncertainty off the table as a business owner, you really need to be, you need to get going like now, right now, like June right now, not, yeah, not, it, it's, not it waiting. It still would be tough. It still would be tough. Um, it's really hard to get a business sold, a small or mid-sized business, soup to nuts in, you know, in much less than six months. It's really hard. So I think, you know, I hope that business owners are aware of that. I hope they get the memo on that. And I hope that they act accordingly. Uh, if they want to take that off the table, but that will grow supply hopefully in the third quarter of the year. And uh, it certainly created a very, very, very active May, uh, a very active April and a very, very active March for, for Axial. And on the Axial platform, we had our two most uh, record months of sell side M&A activity in March and in May. Um, wow. April was in between those two. March was kind of through the roof. January was quieter. February, it began to build up. And then, you know, in March, we had over 700 transactions uh, go to market in the month of, of March alone. Um, so those are just like a little bit of trend lines. I think the other uh, thing that is making business owners want to either exit or or have a partner is just the the massive battle wounds from the last 12 months, 14 months, the exhaustion, the anxiety, um, you know, the balance sheet uncertainty, sweating, you know, payroll yet again, going through, you know, just a lot of business owners. It, it's, it's, it's really hard to run businesses. And when you try and run a business and survive, you know, a once in a century pandemic, you know, that can really, that can, that can knock the wind out of you for forever, you know? And so I think there's a portion of the market that just says, I love the business. I want to see it uh, with an energetic owner, um, you know, who's excited about developing this business. And it's more important to me that, you know, I just breathe a little easier. Uh, so I'm just going to, I'm going to go to market and sell the business. And so I think those, those psychological mentalities are all very credible right now um, in terms of, grow, yeah. in terms of growing, you know, in terms of growing supply. And I think the key thing for entrepreneurs to understand there is if you're going to punch out, you know, it's, you know, buyers really like to know that in advance, right. And that, you know, they don't want to be surprised and think that you're, you know, in for the next leg of the journey and, and then all of a sudden find out that you're not. And so it's important to be sort of transparent about that, I think, with buyers, because um, if you surprise them there sort of uh, right as you're closing the transaction, you know, you can break the deal. So, yeah, I, I listen, I agree with you on a few points. Uh, 
number one, you know, this was a kick in the stomach to a lot of business owners, yeah, uh, but, but uh, for a lot of business owners that have owned their business for more than 10 years, it was the second kick in the stomach of a, you know, once in a lifetime downturn, uh, yeah. you know, twice in our lifetime, if you've yeah. owned your business for, you know, 10 plus years. So there's a lot of business owners that are like, oh, you know, third time is not a charm. I don't want to do this again. Uh, I totally agree. And, you know, again, the last time that I think you had this kind of, we had a, I guess, a pandemic in 1918, right? And then we had in 1929, 1930, we had, you know, the biggest depression and, and biggest stock market crash, I think, in the history of the country. Um, and here we are kind of repeating that history, right? 2008 was 12 years ago. Um, and in 2020, uh, we had a pandemic. So we flipped the order this time. The pandemic yeah. came second and the crash came first. But yeah, two huge economic, very grueling economic episodes for, for small business entrepreneurs in less than 15 years. But, you know, and what we've seen, uh, and I don't know if this is just because of trans world, as we continue to grow as a company, uh, we keep seeing the, the size of our deals increase. Uh, so even our uh, average sale price went up 40 to 50% in the first quarter comparatively to last year. Now last year, uh, to the first quarter of last year, which was yeah. untouched by the pandemic. So, right. so we're seeing prices, like you said, a lot of businesses that hung in there did extremely well, kind of got PPP money and have come out leaner, stronger, more profitable, and now looking to sell at a higher price. Um, so I know you've seen an uptick in some of the trans world offices being involved. You know, just we ran by some of those numbers, run the numbers, because a lot of times people don't even, it, it, we're like the best kept secret in the middle market, I think sometimes. So, um, you know, so through our partnership with trans world, I'll just go through all the numbers. I'm not sure which ones you want to pick out. I'll go through them quickly, but, um, there are 325 different Transworld brokers um, who use the Axial platform to, to sell businesses. Um, and those 325 brokers are spread across 110 Transworld offices. Um, and then we pulled the top five, just for this show, pulled the top five. So happy, is it okay if I call out the names or? You could call out some of those names, sure. Okay, so Thomas Jones um, has marketed 76 transactions through the platform. Randy Bring at 73, Cynthia Correa at 69, Peter Berg at 58, and Al Fialkovich, I uh, hope I'm pronouncing these well, uh, at 49. Um, yeah. And right now we've got two transactions under LOI um, that are being managed by Transworld Brokers. One of those transactions um, is uh, a pool related business. Um, with north of a million dollars of, uh, of EBITDA. And then the other business is a bigger business. It's a 20 plus million dollar construction business um, with just shy of $4 million uh, of EBITDA. Yeah. Um, and both of those uh, businesses are in exclusivity right now, proceeding towards the close. Those two businesses are scheduled to be acquired by private equity firms. Uh, some of the acquisitions of the past have not been with private equity and have been with other corporations, trade buyers, strategic right. buyers um, in the market. But the two that are under LOI right now are both with private equity partners. Excellent. I mean, those are great numbers. Cynthia happens just to be the 
assistant for Peter and Randy. So those numbers might be a little uh, kind of mixed up, but those are certainly top brokers at uh, top advisors at Transworld. Uh, we are proud of all those people who've been, and they've been here for many, many years. Uh, and uh, like you said, there's over 300 Transworld associates that have been a part of the Axial uh, platform. And so we're very proud of all of them as well. So, uh, and we continue to th know that we're going to be busier uh, the second half of the year, as you said. And, uh, you know, listen, it's a great time. As you said, there's, there's a lot of money chasing money. Uh, the money's still cheap. Uh, and we think that it's going to be good moving forward. I think, you know, one of the other things that's transitioned over the last <clears throat> 10 years that I've been at Axial and that I've witnessed firsthand is I think private equity, it's an oversimplification and it's an unfair oversimplification, but I think there's some truth to it that historically private equity was probably better at generating profit growth through cost control and through cost reduction after they bought a business than they were at generating growth in profit and growth in value through, through revenue growth, through product development, through revenue growth, through you know, moving the top line up. And I think over the last 10 years, I think that private equity, because it's become more and more competitive and there's more and more capital in the private equity ecosystem, private equity has had to get better as an industry at growing companies as opposed to managing costs better out of companies. And so I think part of the reason why you're seeing rising valuations and rising prices is because there's a lot of demand out there. But I also think that the private equity industry is just getting better at growing businesses that they've acquired. And if they're more confident that they can grow a business and, and steepen the growth of a business after they bought it, they're comfortable paying a higher multiple to begin with. Um, so I think private equity's built a couple more you know, they've got a couple more aces up their sleeve when they buy a business now. Um, and I think that allows them to pay a higher multiple um, and, and still be able to make money for themselves and, and for their, you know, for their shareholders. Um, and that's a good thing for entrepreneurs that they're, that they're more competent um, uh, in, in the private equity category and the playbook has diversified away from purely cost control. So there's a bunch of stuff going on that's driving those higher, you know, those higher deal multiples and higher deal prices that you're seeing, Andy. And I think it's also uh, giving the private equity groups the ability to come down market some uh, and compete as well because they have those skills of now raising, you know, building that uh, revenue and earnings uh, and, and more confidently being able to do that and not just sticking to $2 million of EBITDA or more. We're not touching it unless it's an add-on, so... No, I agree with that. I, I agree with that too. And I think they've gotten better at making acquisitions more repeatable. So I think they can buy smaller EBITDA businesses um, and uh, do it faster and do it more professionally. Um, you know, acquisitions are a pretty bespoke transaction, but I think that some of the better private equity operators and corporate acquirers have really worked hard to create like a repeatable discipline around their acquisition process. And that allows them to buy smaller businesses and, and not spend too much time uh, getting stuck on it. So yeah, a bunch of trends creating more liquidity in the small business market, uh, more activity, more willingness to pay higher multiples. And all of those things are things that entrepreneurs should appreciate and should be capitalizing on and taking advantage of. Obviously, you can overplay your hand as an entrepreneur and you got to be careful that you don't do that too. But yeah, it's those are real trends and, and entrepreneurs should understand them and, and take advantage of them. 
Well, I appreciate all the insight today. And uh, I want to thank you because I think one of the reasons why people get more deals done these days or have that ability to get deals done faster, as we were just talking about, is because of tools like Axial. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, Peter, if you want to give out your information, if anybody sure. wants to get in touch with you to talk more. Sure. So um, very simple, axial.com. It's A-X-I-A-L.com. Bunch of free tools on the website. Uh, a bunch of content that you can subscribe to for free. Um, and if you are looking to use the tools to sell businesses or looking to use the tools uh, to originate and buy businesses uh, as a buyer, you can get started for free on both sides as well. So axial.com is really all you need to all you need to remember. And thanks for having me, Andy. Now, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome back, everybody. Today for our deal of the week, I want to welcome Jessica Starks from Transworld Business Advisors in Lansing. Jessica has been on the show in the past, but she has an exciting deal to share with us today. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jess. Good to be here. Yeah, good to see you. So tell us a little bit about this deal you recently closed. Yeah, so I was connected with the seller through Biz by Sell. He found me by looking online um, and liked some of my ads that I had for businesses for sale. And of course, we keep everything confidential. So he liked how it was kept confidential and uh, reached out to me. And we found out that we actually went to college together. Like, what a small world. Um, but anyways, the business is in metal artwork. They ship products throughout the whole United States. Um, and they've grown their company so quickly. Uh, what the owner found is actually taking it to the next level. Um, he needed a buyer that was able to take him into different distribution channels and really taking his business to the next level. So um, he's done a great job. We were very impressed, you know, in everything he's created and done thus far in his business. So we were very happy to help him. Wow. Real success, Sounds like really. Familiar story. I mean, there's a lot of owners that like we talk a lot about on the show, owners sell to retire or change your career. But there's also a lot of owners that have grown the company to the level they can, and now they need help to get it to the next stage. So let's talk yes. a little bit about the buyer. Who was the buyer you found and why were they such a great fit? Yeah, so the buyer we found, um, they are actually in the region of where the business is. However, we as Transworld have a distribution list of thousands of buyers throughout the country. Really, this buyer could have been anyone throughout the country. So we didn't take this listing to the market online. We strategically sent emails and contacted our middle market buyers um, for this opportunity. And with that, um, again, we found a, a local uh, regional buyer that has bought this business and it's a small equity group. It's, you know, 10 investors who are looking to grow, you know, small, smaller, medium sized businesses to the next level. So it was really a perfect fit for that business. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And we don't talk a lot about those middle market deals, but yeah, oftentimes we don't take it to the market or biz by right. sale like we do with the smaller deals. We so, still create competition, of course, because right. we have all these connections, but yes, not to the market per se. So let's talk a little bit about deal structure. What was the price paid for the deal and, and how was it structured? How was it financed? Yeah, so the price was um, in the $5 million range, five to $6 million range. Um, we utilized a bank to help with the financing, but there was also some seller carry to the deal. So we always like to look at structure of deals and how it works for both parties to get the deals done. 
Well, it sounds like it was a great deal for and a great ending for both the buyer and the seller. And you, of course, yes. if someone wants to do a similar deal or looking for a business in manufacturing or maybe just in, in Michigan in general, Jessica, how would our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you, Jessica. So I'm Jessica as well, Jessica Stark. Um, my phone number is 517-492-0039. And my email is jstarks, S-T-A-R-K-S at tworld.com. All right, we'll drop that info into the show notes. I think we're the only two Jessicas in Transworld too. So we don't get confused too often though. No, no. Well, thank you so much for having, uh, for being on the show and we'd love to have you back again soon. Great, thanks, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Welcome back, everybody, to the deal board. And we have a great listing to feature this week. I want to welcome Sam Curcio from Transworld Business Advisors of New York. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jessica. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about this business that you're selling. Yeah, so Jessica, this is a uh, a clothing retailer uh, in New York City here. They have three locations, and they're setting the standard for a green solution to clothing shopping. This uh, company actually hand-selects vintage pieces to ensure the highest quality and most on-trend clothing available to their customers. Uh, A strength of this business has shown through uh, COVID actually this past year with with monthly sales uh, stronger month over month versus 2019. Uh, There's also strong management team in place that has allowed the owner to step away from the day-to-day operations and focus on high-level strategy and growth. Uh, another great opportunity is that this business uh, has a, a mostly re- a retail uh, following, but they do about 20% of their sales online, which can be expanded upon. Uh, the vintage and secondhand market as a segment is actually expected to have compounded growth through 2025. Uh, and this Uh, This company actually maintains margins well above the industry average. Wow. I mean, it sounds like a great business. You got management in place. It, you know, did well through COVID and it has great growth opportunities. Tell us a little bit about the numbers and the metrics. Yeah, the owner has definitely built an amazing business here. Uh, So the business has total sales of just over 3.5 million uh, with a discretionary earnings of over 1.6 million. The owner is currently asking $8 million for this business with a down payment of $6.5 million. Uh, though this business is now uh, pre-qualified by two SBA lenders, so that's very exciting. And it will come with about $225,000 worth of inventory. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that this business has been around for the last 10 years. Wow, good history, good numbers, and you know, financing pre-qualified that opens it up to a lot of buyer options um, for smaller down payments. So, Sam, it sounds like a great business. If anyone wants to learn more or maybe contact you about buying or selling a business in general in New York, how would they reach you? The best way to reach me is to give me a call at 646-470-9433, or you can reach me at S-C-U-R-C-I-O at tworld.com. Great. And we'll drop that information into the show notes too. Sam, thank you so much for coming back on the show. We look forward for you to come back and tell us about this deal once it's closed, but good luck and join us again soon. Thanks so much, Jessica. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, 
or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like, but you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.